0: Content warning, Tone Deaf is rated explicit for mature content and strong language. Spoilers are in every episode, so if you haven't seen the shows we are reviewing, you can always check back in later with us. We'll be here when you get back.
1: I watched as the movie musical Lamb opened the first of the seven seals. Then I heard one of the four living composers say, in a voice like thunder, come. I looked, and there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a lance, and he was given a crown, and he rode out to deliver a mediocre and ridiculously expensive yet cheap-looking movie musical unto the world. When the lamb opened the second seal, I heard the second living composer say, come. And then another horse came out, a fiery one, and its rider was given the power to speak to animals and unleash a musical bomb by the same composers as the first unto the world. In his hand was a parrot, and the book the musical was based on torn asunder. When the lamb opened the third seal, I heard the living composer say, "Come." and there before me was a black horse. Its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. Then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four composers saying, add more bodies, add more sets, 25 million to make 26. When the lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living composer say, Come. I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. It was the death of the big Hollywood movie musical of the Hays Code era, and it rode out on the horizon, the lost horizon, if you will, taking the roadshow release of movie musicals with it. The book of Theater Revelation, chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. (laughs)
2: <laughs> that it was great
0: It took me a at First I'm listening to this and I'm like Okay is, How is this related to Camelot And I was like this sounds really Biblical like Is this having to do with like prophecies In Camelot like Prophesying that uh Arthur will show up and stuff like that And then I was like okay then you started getting into more of it I'm like oh my god I, that, yeah, that was fantastic Thank so, you so what you're saying is this is the beginning of the end for movie musicals. Well, for a little for while. the 70s, like until we
2: get to Cabaret. So, uh um, Well, you know what they say, Kay?
0: Every end is a new beginning.
2: I think that it, with this one we'll find out that there have been some lessons learned. <laughs> so, yes. Today, we are going to cover the first horseman of the movie musical Apocalypse, which is Camelot. <laughs> but before we do, I just wanted to thank all of our wonderful listeners. We've, like, skyrocketed in our numbers lately. Woo! So uh, we're we're nearing 6K, uh, 6,000. It'll be awesome. I have a goal to get every state in the u.s listening and i want to say we only have eight more states to go out of 50 so nice yeah the states that we need to have listen alaska we need you we need idaho and wyoming y'all are right next door y'all should be listening to this we need north dakota we need iowa we need vermont we need rhode island and we would love to have some puerto rican listeners too like in puerto rico
0: so we're, we're going to Alaska. We're going to Wyoming. We're going to Idaho. We're going to North Dakota. We're going to Maine. Ha We've already got Maine. Oh the the <laughs> I I, I my, my brain does not allow me to remember that many states consecutively unless there's a song in it. Preferably from Animaniacs.
2: <laughs> but yeah, so th- I, I thought that was pretty cool. I think that's way awesome. Yep, so yeah, eight more. Eight more
0: states join us leave your fields to flower join us leave your cheese to sour join us those last eight states
2: Do good Wait. job you got it <laughs> <I did. laughs> You can't see, <coughs> y'all can't see the unbridled joy on my face. K is beaming, which should give you a uh, idea of how low their standards are for me. <laughs> so, uh, well, speaking of low standards, <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, transition over here to Camelot. Starwipe. Starwipe. So, Camelot is a movie musical based on the stage musical of the same name. Uh, the stage musical we're going to cover in another episode, because while it's not really the best
0: musical, it's not this. <laughs> so, so quick question, yes. and you're probably going to get into it, but I just want to ask it up front. Is the movie version so much worse because they change a lot of the stage version? No. Ah, so it's just a case of mediocre amplified to be even more mediocre? Yes, yes. In fact,
2: one of the reviews basically says that, like, wow, you took something that wasn't that great and made it worse.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's one of those things that from just the the get-go where you're talking about, it seems like that if you were taking this source material and it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it was just average. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe tweak it a little bit to make it better. Like,
2: yeah, the yeah, the things you
0: don't like about it. Maybe punch those parts up. Seriously. Um. So this is going to be the first Learner and
2: Low musical that we cover for the Apocalypse series. But this isn't the first one that you've
0: seen. I'm like, tr- uh, yeah, I know, because Learner and Low. Oh, those the 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 stars in your eyes as you're you're hoping. Okay, oh, Because Lerner and Lowe, they're not. Wait, 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 wait. Lerner and Lowe, they're older Mm -hmm. ones, right? Yes. They're not Pirates of Panzer. No, not that old. Yeah. Uh...
2: Well, okay, so they're older, as in like the classic period of movie music, or of musicals and movie musicals. Can I get a hint? We've seen two of their shows. God damn it. Um, one
0: of them only patrons have listened to. That gives it away. And I'm trying to think with the other one based on that. And uh, Musically challenged. You hate the ending. That can be said for a long um, <laughs> Uh My Fair Lady? Yes. Okay.
2: Okay. And Paint Your Wagon. And Paint Your Wagon. Which we have both seen. Um... This, we are going to instead see one of the ones that killed the big budget movie musical for a little while. Now, this isn't the one that nailed in the last or er, nailed in the last nail on the coffin, but this is what uh, put the boards up. <laughs> Maybe dug the hole a little bit.
0: Yeah, there you go. That's that's pretty good.
2: Yeah, this is the one that started the uh, avalanche of bad. Uh, Camelot, the film, was a twinkle in Warner Brothers' eye after they got the film rights to the musical in 1961. The musical premiered on Broadway in 1960. Uh, For the cast, there were rumors of Rock Hudson, Robert Goulet, Liz Taylor, but the project ended up being shelved for a while in favor of My Fair Lady. That's where this should have ended. (laughs) But it didn't, so we're here. (laughs) So in 1966, Joshua Logan was picked to direct and talks began with Julie Andrews and Richard Burton, who were from the original Broadway cast. They both must have seen the writing on the tapestry and went, uh, nah. Well, actually, Burton wanted more money. And I think that Andrews (laughs) may have been like, remember how you said that I was too unknown for my fair lady? Well, I'm in demand now. So suck it. (laughs) Suck my spotted dick. So, oh, gods. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> so, Richard Harris, aka First Dumbledore, uh, was cast as Arthur, and Vanessa, who was Max from Mission Impossible, uh, Vanessa Redgrave, was Guinevere. Hmm. Richard Harris actually wrote to Logan for like four months, going, Please let me be in your film. I know I'm not known for being a singer, but please, please, I'll do anything. So then they cast Italian actor Franco Nero, who is famous for the spaghetti Western Django um, and future husband of the aforementioned Vanessa Redgrave as Lancelot. At this time, he had a very thick Italian accent, so he had to have vocal coach- coaching, and all of his singing was dubbed over.
0: Hey, its me, Lancelot. Come here, Guinevere. Let's make a baby and say it's Arthur's. <laughs> you haven't even seen the show yet. No, but I know the <laughs> You
2: know the legend, know the that's legend. true. Um, so, in fact, most of the cast was not known for singing talents. Why... <sighs> Only one cast member, David Hemmings, was a trained singer for this musical, but he didn't have any singing lines.
0: The thing uh, okay, little little just <laughs> musical theater people can act. Like that's yeah. the thing with musical theater is that you have to be able to act at yeah. least, you know. There's a reason that triple threats <clears throat> exist. Yeah, exactly. And if you're making a movie musical, mm-hmm. it's going to be more about like the music and yes. stuff like that. Like, yes, having a good story helps to it, but having good music and good lyrics and good songs is the very most important thing. Exactly. That's you know, what's <laughs> going to sell soundtracks and whatnot and keep people interested. So it's like I don't understand this. Let's just get names. You know, maybe just actors. Like, like mm-hmm. get 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 people who are like in the stage version or something. Like, yeah. So. anyway 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 <laughs> you're fine what do i know this i can't is... even remember the other two learner no <laughs> so
2: this is not going to be the worst case of having actors that can't sing that we're going to run into in this series oh no again this only dug the hole <laughs> So there are going to be a lot of Richard Harris stories from this production that I found on IMDb while looking into the film, and I think I would have torn my hair out with him. One story, he walked onto the set for a scene about Arthur's wedding night completely nude and sporting an erection. (laughs) So yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I would have probably... If I had been on the set, it would have been like, put it away, or I'm cutting it <laughs> off.
0: <laughs>
2: Don't you point that thing at me. It's it's going away. Did your um, mother ever tell you it's rude to point? Have, have fun imagining Dumbledore, like the whole uh, Dumbledore, uh, the uh, Snape, Snape, Severus Snape, where you have Dumbledore popping up naked every so often. That makes this, or this makes that a lot worse. It's all terrible. It's all terrible. When you put it
0: together like that.
2: It's all terrible, but this this is childhood ruining that I just did for all y'all. All y'all millennials and elder millennials. I ruined y'all's childhood. Have fun with that. Dumbledore's dick. Dumbledore. Dumbledick. So, Dumbledick. so <laughs> that's not gonna be the episode title. That's
0: the original wizard wand. <laughs>
2: He also hated the love scene between Guinevere and Lancelot and was like, no, no, get rid of it. Uh I mean, one of,
0: part of the legend.
2: Yeah, and this is one of the many times that he had to be reminded that A, he didn't write or direct this, and B, he didn't own the studio. So basically, go sit over there. Yeah, basically. Go, go, go sit over there. Shut the fuck up, Richard. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, dick. All right, so... Here's another story straight from IMDb uh, that's about Harris and his getting around the no alcohol rule on the Warner Brothers studios. Vodka
0: in a water bottle?
2: No, this is more creative. (laughs) So Warner Brothers was a dry studio. Drinking buddies, Richard Harris and David Hemmings, smuggled alcohol in a prop van and discarded the empty bottles and some porta-potties. One afternoon, Jack L. Warner was showing a group of distinguished Japanese tourists around the studio when one woman rushed to Harris's porta potty. When she opened it, bottles crashed out. Harris grabbed the woman and ran off, leaving Hemmings alone with a very embarrassed Warner. When Harris returned, he ordered the clue to clean clean up the mess. As he left with his guests, he whispered out of the corner of his mouth to two actors, This bar is now closed! Oh man! Which a part of me is like that's creative, but also did you not think anyone else was going to open one of
0: those? Would, I don't know if 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 you are accustomed to drinking a lot and you have and are suddenly told that you have to go without it, they start they're True. gonna they're thinking about ways to get around it. It's it's it's, it's typical kind of addict addict I, uh, mentality.
2: I almost want to cover. Holy Grail. When we do spam a lot eventually, just because of the story with that, because Graham Chapman went through that on the set.
0: Well, he went through. He was. He, he went was, through withdrawals. Well, he was, he going was through he DTs. Was, Yeah, he was quitting alcohol though, so it wasn't like he was told
2: he couldn't drink. He, it was not so much he was quitting it. That was what led to him quitting it. Was uh. he was like, oh crap, <laughs> oh shit, I need. I have a problem. <laughs> it, I I I love his autobiography. Anyway, that's wrong camelot. <sighs> I wish we were covering that one. So, the film is going to take some liberties with the musical. They remove the characters of Morgan Le Fay and Nimue. What? Yeah. Which they are in the music the stage version. They are instrumental in the stage version.
0: Uh, are they going to turn Merlin into the fucking
2: villain? Now? Merlin's barely in it. The only they have Mordred in it still. But that's it.
0: Mm-hmm. So they're t- you said they are taking out Morgana? Morgan Le Fay, yeah. Morgan Le Fay. How can you have Mordred without Morgan? Like... <laughs> they found a way!
2: <laughs> so, um, originally they were going to try and shoot some of the footage on location in some castles in Spain spain chosen because the look of the castles were more legendary in fantasy than gothic or in ruins or too new <laughs> according to logan who did scout in england and was like no they don't fit even though it's like they're fucking english castles just use them english be- <laughs> castles don't look like english castles on camera you gotta use spanish castles well and this is another bit where it's like this was a sign the rain in spain caused the cinematographer lots of pain, and they could only use a half an hour of the footage.
0: So were they filming on the plane? Because I thought the rain in
2: Spain stays mainly on the plane. Well, it caused the cinematographer pain. In his brain? Yep.
0: Yep. That's lame.
2: (laughs) So, uh, it was supposed to be a month-long shoot at that castle, too, and they had a half hour of usable footage.
0: The Mm hmm. Oh. Mm hmm. Oh. I just imagine whoever's in charge of like accounting just like shuddering as they count the beans. Mm mm-hmm. hmm. Here, here's where a lot of the fun happens.
2: They decided to shoot most of the film on a back lot in Burbank. This is what leads to one of the issues that the critics had with it, because it looked like they were shooting on a backlot in Burbank, and it's not to say that the castle wasn't impressive. It was the largest set constructed at the time. It just looked like a set, and you know you're setting this in England, but have you been to Burbank ever,
0: California? Yeah. Nope. So. Not that I know of.
2: Anyway, I mean,
0: picture yeah, the, the first. Ho- the picture first time the I've...
2: Hollywood Hills. Like what that looks like. Like okay. not necessarily rolling grain hills of England, more this is a desert. <laughs> Deserty hills full of shrubs. Yeah. So it was very obvious that they were filming in California. And um this the reception of this actually led to this being one of the last American films to have large-scale sets built in a back lot like this like, for, uh, foreign locations. If it was in America, it's fine, because...
0: So I have to make a joke, because you talking about Burbank decidedly does not look like, uh, England. hmm I think it's Austin Powers, too. There's a scene where he's driving a sports car along the coast, and he says, you know what's interesting is how England is how northern England looks nothing like southern California. Because <laughs> that's where he's driving. I, I need to watch those. Uh, the first one's... The first one's worth watching mm-hmm. the other two or it depends on how much you like you like the first one the, that's fair
2: <laughs> that's fair um sorry please continue okay so this castle will make a reappearance in the fourth film in this series with a bit of a makeover what yeah the fourth film that we're covering in our apocalypse series will have you... the same castle
0: they use the same set yes Interesting. That's an interesting way to work in. Uh, yeah, you know, one shitty
2: movie musical ends it, up carrying on into another I shitty found movie that musical. Out, I was like, "Holy fucking shit! This is awesome."
0: The prophecy has been fulfilled. The prophecy has been fulfilled. We have come full circle. <laughs> the horsemen march. <laughs> that was me trying to. Horse paw. I don't have two empty halves of coconut, so otherwise, I don't either. Otherwise, I could do pretty good horsewhips.
2: So the castle is no longer around. It was later torn down, and now it houses an office building. Sadly, not <laughs> in a castle. See, you should have
0: kept that because then you could have yeah. been like, "Hey, do you want to work in a
2: castle?" Then, then like the CEO can totally go full king. <laughs> oh
0: God. <laughs> Never mind. See, I was just fantasizing about, like, when someone gets fired, you know, for negligence, you launch them out of the catapult or something like that. Ooh, ooh. Launch E.O.'s out of catapult. Maybe I'm okay with oh, that. Yeah,
2: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They need more catapults. hmm So, the film was released in 1967. First up, we'll talk about the box office. So it was released in 19... Oh, 1967, sorry. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, this will be the same year as the second film that we're going to be covering. So, box office. This did make back the fifteen million dollar budget. It earned thirty one million dollars total and was the tenth spot in earnings in, or uh, er, tenth spot in earnings in nineteen sixty seven with twelve million dollars domestically.
0: They doubled their money. Yeah, they I mean... doubled
2: their money, but it was a commercial and critical failure. <laughs> Um, reviews basically panned the sets, the quote-unquote singing, the pacing, the length, the girth, everything. (laughs) What about the balls while you're at it? (laughs) (laughs) The balls were fine. So, Variety did give a positive review, but it was mostly mixed to negative reception critically. On Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a 47% with an audience score of 6.2.
0: Whoa! Yeah. So critics liked it significantly more than audiences. Yeah. Wow. 6%. Or
2: 6.2. Not, uh... I think the 6.2 score is out of 10. Oh. So it's about... Audiences liked it a little bit more, I guess. Sorry, I thought you said it was 48%. 47%, uh... Critics and then audience score was six point two out of ten, okay, so about sixty percent. Uh, so it's
0: a twenty percent difference. It's been a while since I looked at uh, Rotten Tomatoes, so no I thought worries. maybe that was a percentage when you said
2: six percent. No worries, pretty sure. Yeah, no, the audience score was six point two.
1: Okay,
2: uh, but like I said, this is not going to be the worst, but because there's a reason that this is only the first horseman. <laughs> <laughs> And the second horseman's not going to be as bad as the other two. (laughs) Oh boy. And the the second horseman you have seen, but it's been a long-ass time.
0: I'm going to (laughs) wait, because you're going to talk about it at the end of this. So I'm going to save that guess for later. All right. Hopefully you should guess it, because the
2: scriptures that i read gave it away so let's do one more thing on a little bit because this is some sandwich stuff uh we're gonna do some sandwich critiquing by saying that hey you won an academy award though you won best score and best costumes and best art direction good job
0: yay i'm only half paying attention because now my brain is trying to remember what you said with the second seal (laughs) because i'm not good with riddles I don't like riddles, <laughs> cake. You know this. Uh,
2: God, I love you. Love you. <laughs> so, with all that being said, are you prepared for Camelot?
0: Is there a Lady of the Lake?
2: Not in this one.
0: Is Excalibur in the goddamn show? It's mentioned. <laughs> what are these... What are these... <laughs> What do these chodes of the round asshole do like they just sit around the round table and being like boy i sure wish we had a conflict wouldn't it be great if we had a conflict maybe we need a quest (laughs) if only there was like a cup that had significance we could go and retrieve it and then we'd be heroes (laughs) how do you guys like this castle looks like it's in england huh we're in spain (laughs) but not really actually we're in burbank (laughs) spanish english castles in california uh
2: like, I think that if I remember right, Arthur knights Lancelot with Excalibur, but that's it. Like There's no retrieving <sighs> it. There's no <laughs> Alright. Well, let's go watch the King of the Britons. Your uncle would probably fucking hate this movie. Probably. If we should ask him sometime how he feels about the movie version of Camelot. Hmm, okay, awesome. He listens. Hey. Hey Warren's uncle, because I'm not gonna out your name on here. Uh, what you think of Camelot? See, and I don't know. the movie, not the stage play. I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to wait. Stage and see. play at least has Morgan.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, you you know you take such a good a good uh, source material like Camelot and Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, and then you remove like a lot of the interesting stuff. And then we're left with apparently with this show who is a harbinger of horrible things to come.
1: Mm-hmm
0: Let's go <laughs>
2: Hey, Warren. Hey, Kay. Do you know what time it is? Is it time to thank our favorite people in the whole world? Heck yeah! Today, we would like to thank our stage crew sponsor, Jasmine Wu, and our producer
0: circle sponsors, Bianucci, Reagan, and Taylor Brandt. Thank you all so much for your support of our show. We truly appreciate it. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. We're your hosts. My name's Cortland.
1: And I'm Brandon.
0: And in our podcast, We take apart each episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, scene by scene, and discuss it in detail. This show is prime early 90s Canadian acting at its best, or in some cases, worst. We're here to laugh our way through seven seasons and 91 episodes. So whether you're a fan of the show... (laughs) Dink. That's sad dough. No, mister. Accent on the dough. Hi, Andy. Won't you come play with me? Hey, we're just having a goof.
1: Or experiencing it for the first time.
0: We know there's nothing better than staying up all night with a scary story. And
2: now, the lights are going down and the music's starting back up, so let's head back to the second act of our show. I, I, I think I still like musical theater. I think I still like movie musicals. But I still love you, but I'm not sure I like you very much right now. I don't like myself right now either.
0: <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> I it especially, it especially is hard because I I really like the King Arthur mythos, you know, granted mm-hmm. that it's, it's, it uh varies depending on who's telling the story, but I, I tend to like that tale. Uh, yeah, I don't like this tale. No, this tale considering this, this, this two hour and 55 minute tale, this almost three hour long tale was a bloated behemoth that somehow was hollow and empty. Like, yeah, it, Considering how much of the Arthur stuff they took out, mm-hmm. they sure did pump it full of a lot of filler.
2: Yeah, and it wasn't good. No. Like,
0: there... No, there was nothing good. Uh, there, there are a couple... Okay. In, uh, in all fairness, there are a couple parts that I thought the acting was pretty good. Yeah, uh, but... And that is really the only thing that I will say for this show. Considering Uh, that it's a musical, uh, I I didn't care for any music, any songs. Uh, Sets were fine, I guess. You you could tell that the castle stuff was fake, you know. Mm -hmm. Which, honestly, I didn't mind. Because I feel like if you're trying to do a castle setting in an actual rundown castle, Mm -hmm. it makes it look like it's too old. But if you do a set, then it's like, oh, well, it's... But newer they for
2: the time would have had it still be somewhere green like England, not yeah,
0: true, true, not the, Burbank, yeah, not the uh, <laughs> the sandy, dusty, deserty hills of California. Like you could tell. And
2: my one of my biggest gripes. I have two very big gripes. One was all of the fucking eye contact. Oh my
0: god! That, so ah, oh, that was so annoying. And that is the that one so thing annoying.
2: That is the thing that I had to work the hardest with growing up was dealing with eye contact. This was hell. I couldn't look at the screen half the time because they're looking straight at me, and I'm like, "Jesus Christ, why?" Yes.
0: Well, and, and the uh, <laughs> the camera angles for this is Were so, so bad. So many times they would be like right up in their face, and they'd be taking up the whole screen. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine seeing this in theaters.
2: Oh, I and you I would have walked this,
0: out. You have this fifty foot
2: face just staring you in have the eyes. Walked out of that, singing oh, a terrible song. It to was you. horrible. And uh, there were a lot of camera angles that would, like, they, they wouldn't follow conventional filmmaking rules on, like, switching your camera angles and stuff, your camera placement. So, like, you'd have a straight on, and then it would just be, it would cut to slightly to the side, but not in a way that would make sense. The one that gets me the most is his, Is uh, Arthur's soliloquy to Excalibur that, like, there was some camera cutting that I'm like, why the fuck did you do this? What was the decision there?
0: When you said the soliloquy to Excalibur, was that after the knighting? Yes. Okay, so that is actually one of the scenes that I thought the the acting acting in it was really good. good,
2: But the camera placement took me right out of the scene. Yep, exactly. It it took me right the fuck out. And (sighs) animals in this really set me off
0: there i do not think they could have legally had the no animals were harmed in the no making they of could this. not
2: i i worry i was worried the whole rest of the movie about that goose and then i thought
0: for sure one of those horses broke its leg i'm
2: pretty sure i that pissed me off so bad i was so angry Ugh, and Also, just like the other thing with animals is the animals that (laughs) I know that Merlin lives backwards. I know that there's the whole, oh, Merlin's gone to Bermuda joke in Sword in the Stone. There's nothing to explain why he has a fucking great horned owl and red tailed (laughs) hawk in England.
0: So, yes, there is. He's magic doesn't so, matter he he's gone to the new world and brought it back that's, that's what probably
2: he why the owl's so fucking drugged
0: <laughs> oh speaking of which like there's times where uh they show merlin and he's got like a bird on his shoulder those animals were sedated because they've got like loopy lopsided eyes and you know that yeah. they're like bound or tied yeah because he's like screaming into the side of this owl's head and it's just like Oh, it made me
2: so angry, but that's because you know me and how I feel about animals and especially birds, because they're like one of the ones that people treat the worst in. Archimedes <sighs> isn't here, man. Archimedes could have, they could have used a Eurasian eagle owl. They could have used, um. There were a lot th- of things that they could have done. Yeah. Should have done, but didn't do. Because like, it's, it's one of those things that it's like, please just don't, don't don't treat us like we're idiots you're gonna get burgers mad anyway we already get mad if you use a red-tailed hot cry for a bald eagle
0: but <laughs> this was no so i will i will start my notes with saying that there is no reason to watch this show no unless you just enjoy having like bad movie nights like some people i know do and you like you just like to uh you know, Mystery Science Theater theater it and just riff mm-hmm. on it. This is a prime musical to do that for, just riffing on it, because, dear God, that's what we did. I kind of wonder if this would have been better with
2: alcohol. Oh. I chose a hell of a time to cut back on drinking.
0: Yeah, we both did. And I regret the decision every day. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Shay, my sister Shay, sat in with us to watch this show, Uh, But only stayed in for about 30 minutes. And uh, when we had paused it initially, Kay had started up and I was typing. And I was like, oh, pause real quick. I just want to see how long this show is. And that's when I realized, oh, it's two hours and 55 minutes. Shay was like, yeah, I'm not going to stick around that whole time. And I was like, yeah, because you don't have to. Yeah. (laughs) And then she at one point, she's like, okay. I've had my fill. I just kind of caught it. She's like, "Have fun, guys." I don't know if we're gonna be able to
2: get her to watch the rest of the shows for this uh, stinker fest. We'll see. I
0: mean, we invite her, and she mm-hmm. can she can say yay or nay. Yep. But anyway, <laughs> shall we get into? No, we gotta. We, yeah. This is only the first. Kay, I love you, but remember, you did this to us. I did do. You this did to this us. to us. <laughs> so. When you feel that pain, just remember I did this
2: to myself. I did this to myself and my poor poor loving husband who remember how much I love you for I I will I will totally to make up for this, I will
0: it's a deal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Okay. (laughs) Camelot opens up with people singing about Guinevere and her mournful year. So some shit is going to go down, obviously. The singers stop just in time for... I messed up on this. Uh, This knight is not Lancelot. Mm -hmm. I had just assumed it was Lancelot. Mm -hmm. So the singers stop just in time for a random knight to bitch at Arthur about waiting to attack. Apparently they're prepping for attack and Arthur is waiting until dawn. Uh, this random knight on the other hand is a true and honorable warrior and wants to slaughter these people in their sleep (laughs) Arthur tells this knight to sit on a pike and the knight slinks away (laughs) Arthur starts to talk to Merlin's ghost Uh, he does these things where he'll just like look up at the sky and start yelling at Merlin kind of reminds me of uh, John Adams yelling at God in uh, 1776 John Adams yelling at God was more entertaining than this Uh, that's fair Uh, One thing that was interesting with Merlin in this is they gave him these reflective contact lenses Mm -hmm. and Kay had mentioned that was like the first time they'd ever used them. Mm -hmm. And when you see Merlin, he doesn't ever blink. Mm -hmm. And I feel like his eyes are screaming at him because he looks like they're filled with tears. So I think that probably before they hit, they started shooting, they would go over to him, dump a ton of eye solution in his eyes so his eyes didn't feel too irritated. Mm -hmm. Then he'd do his whole line. Because, you yeah. know, of course, again, they're doing it, like, right in his face, yeah. like they do with all these other characters. So you can see his cool, reflective eyes. But he, but I'm sure he's just like, I can't blink, I can't blink, this hurts, dear God, call yeah. cut. Anyway, he's uh, talking to Merlin's ghost. A disembodied Merlin asks Arthur, why, uh, sorry, sorry, Merlin's ghost, I don't know, disembodied Merlin, I guess. <laughs> Arthur asks, why is Jenny in that castle? Why? Why? Arthur then is like, if I was not supposed to love Jenny, then I should not have been born. Merlin pops out of a tree and is like, think back. (laughs) (laughs) He does. Merlin, Arthur is like yelling at Merlin in the sky and all of a sudden the camera pans to this tree and then it lights up and Merlin is like coming out of the trunk of the tree. Yeah. So Merlin pops out and he's like, think back. Think back, Arthur. Arthur thinks back to when he was a small boy and met Merlin for the very first time. Merlin gives Arthur a cute nickname of Wart, and Arthur muses drunkenly like, Ha ha ha, you called me Wart. Merlin then loses his shit and throws his birds, No, no, now you've gone too far back. Go back to when you first met that tart, Guinevere. (laughs) Arthur time travels as only a main character in a musical can, And suddenly we find ourselves in a winter wonderland. Deep snow packed high on all sides and icicles clinging to the trees. Arthur does that thing that bad musicals do and sing badly into the camera. (laughs) Some song about asking what's going on in the castle or
2: something. Shay called it basically William Shatnering.
0: Yeah, Kay said this, uh, Shay said that it reminded her a lot of William Shatner's rendition of Rocket Man. Yeah. Because it was that thing, just kind of speak singing. Yeah. Where you're just... Lord, it's, it so bad. Anyway, he's doing it poorly. It's poorly sung and my, si- oh yeah, and I have it in here, my sister joke that it reminded her of William Shatner's rendition of Rocket Man. And to that I say, pretty much. Mm -hmm. The camera moves away from Arthur and to Guinevere, who is riding in a carriage and lamenting to her maid that she's at the height of her seductiveness, but now she's getting married and she can't flirt with all the cute boys anymore. No one has it harder than her. Anyways, Uh... the, the caravan that they're all in comes to a stop as people are yelling, Hey, I need this, and hey, move out of my way. And Guinevere asks her maid for some tea. Guinevere takes that moment to slip away. Guinevere slips away and runs into the forest. She runs and runs until she falls to her knees and prays to Saint Gen- Genevieve? Yes. Is that who it was?
2: Saint Genevieve.
0: Who, okay.
2: I don't know who that is, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> we could ask Mama Kay later. Uh,
0: Catholic, I assume? Yes. Okay.
2: They're anyway. the ones who did the saints. Oh, Are they the only ones who did the saints? I mean, Mormon Church kind of has them, but not in the same way. They're not intercessors with the Mormon Church. I should not have
0: asked because I don't really care that much. (laughs) Anyways, so she falls to her knees and prays to St. Genevieve. All about this terrible arranged marriage garbage that's happening to her. and Which, I mean, I do agree. Arranged marriages do suck, and they're all political. And it Mm -hmm. does suck to be this woman having to go be in an arranged marriage with someone she's never met. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you're going to be a queen. You know what you're not going to be? A dirt poor farmer Mm -hmm. who's got to be worried about bandits and marauders and Mm -hmm. dying of not having clean drinking water. Shit like that. Anyways. Guinevere, Guinevere happens to be praying at the base of the tree that Arthur Wart is skulking in. Arthur Wart. Arthur Wart. leans and stretches, trying to get an eyeful of the young woman. Arthur Wart leans too far and snap goes the branch, holding his footing, and Arthur Wart falls to the ground. <laughs> Guinevere is concerned, understandably and hides in the crevice of a tree, like, Oh no! Oh no! You're gonna take me! Throw me over your shoulder and carry me away to do all sorts of horrible things! No! No, I won't! I would never do something so terrible, Arthur says. Guinevere turns around and is like, Why not? Do you find me ugly? <laughs> to which Kay, <laughs> Shay, and myself collectively sigh. Yep. That, just, just... Yep. Ugh.
2: You know <laughs> this bitch. I I feel like some people should be banned from writing Women. women. Oh, the women portrayed <laughs> in this
0: are so terrible. Yeah, uh, this and is also some of the worst I've ever yeah, seen. <laughs> it's incredibly sexist and I know that there's and there's stuff later on where they, they make comments about oh women hardly ever have any thoughts, so you don't need to worry about trying to understand them. Yeah. And it was just like oh. Like, like, I know that for the time, but... I'm so sick sick of hearing the for the time argument. You know, as you know, I've gotten into arguments with uh, my father about that, because he's listening to some of our episodes. He's like, you're really harsh on some of these shows. (laughs) You know, you need to take it in the context of the time. And I was like, no, 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 no. No, no. People know that things are not appropriate because people don't like to be treated that way. They just have no other option. Because if they say, hey, stop treating me like that, they're going to get a smack. Exactly. So... (laughs) I wish I could smack people. (laughs) (laughs) The difference is that you're not smacking people who are going, I would like to be treated equal. No. You're smacking the people who go, Know your place. I would love to
2: smack the people who uh, say, Know your place. No, exactly. But
0: I don't get to. No, you don't. Okay. After Guinevere realizes she's not going to be lucky enough to be kidnapped by a criminal, she then starts to yell at Arthur Wart for spying on her. <laughs> Arthur Wart is like, oh no, no I wasn't, I was just minding my own business in this monologue tree when you showed up to pray. <laughs> so you heard... <laughs> you like monologue tree." You came to the base of my monologue tree. This is where I come to do monologues. <laughs> I'm always surprised at the things that get K.
2: I'm now sitting here thinking of every single show. That has a monologue that has tree? A fucking monologue tree.
0: <laughs> <coughs> okay. <laughs> you That's going to be a shirt. <laughs> hey, there you go. I was just minding my business in my monologue tree when you showed up to pray. So you heard me praying, Guinevere says. Well, you were praying rather loudly, Arthur Wart replies. And Genevieve, or Genevieve, Guinevere starts (laughs) to complain that she's supposed to marry the lousy, no-good, rotten king and how she wants to escape. She then is like, hey, stranger I just met, you can run away with me and be my protector, and we could go all over the world together. Arthur Wart is like, I mean... We could. Let's not and say we did. <laughs> there is so much great stuff here in Camelot. Arthur Wart then is like, spring is perfect, summer is never hot, and winter departs on time. Oh, and of course the autumn leaves clean themselves up. At night, of course. So they have this whole song about how this land is perfect and made a pact with God, and like <laughs> June and August are never too hot, and mm-hmm. you know... Uh, but fuck July. <laughs> you know, and winter doesn't come until December and it leaves promptly March 2nd and yeah. just all this just talk about how great, you know, this weather is and in in Camelot, and it's just It's it's an okay song. It's a harmless song. Mm-hmm. I could actually kind of see maybe a younger performer using it as
2: like an audition song. Yes. And it it does get used that way. I mean, like out of all the songs in this that might be the one that i'm like okay this sticks in my head the most this isn't weird this isn't something that if i were to try and sing it i wouldn't be thinking about the context that the song was sung in i mean other than they do mention camelot i think in this yeah but like some other later songs in the show i'm like these are really popular songs for people to sing as love songs, but if you take it in the context of who's singing it to who, and what was going on to lead to this song being sung, less of a love song.
0: (laughs) You might have to tell me, because uh, when I get to it, if I do mention it, because Mm -hmm. a lot of those just kind of went in one ear and out the other, because I was like, boy, this is forgettable. So, (laughs) Guinevere is charmed by Arthur Wart, and the two look like they might do some smoochy, but then Guinevere's entourage is like, holy shit, where is she? And everyone goes tearing into the woods looking for her. Mm -hmm. Guinevere is like, oh no, they'll kill you for associating with me. They won't listen to me when I try to tell them that you didn't try to kidnap me. And the two run away, hand in hand. They're caught by the guards who seize Arthur Wharton and are like, holy shit, the king. So sorry, my lord. I had no idea this was masquerade around as a poor person abducting Princesses Day. (laughs) Everyone takes a knee, and Guinevere looks around in shock and awe, then finally rests her eyes on Arthur Wart to be like, Motherfucker, you're the king I'm supposed to marry? And Arthur Wart gives a little, yeah, nod. Mm-hmm. Everyone leaves King Wart and Guinevere alone, as Guinevere burns holes in King Wart with her eyes. King Warther, which is his name here on out, Oh, no. Yeah. See, it's clever because Wart has the last three letters that are the first three of Arthur. Yeah. See, it took me that long to realize those two words actually mesh together. King Warther gives her his life story i was a poor boy with no family i was a squire to a knight wannabe i
2: was a poor
0: boy with no family family. i was a squire to a knight wannabe thank you i love you i I even (laughs) yeah morthur says that when the king pendragon died he left no heir but a sword in the, but a sword in a song a sword in the stone with gold lettering saying, Whom shall pull forth this sword shall be king of England. Warther talks about how no one could pull out the sword, and so they decided to do a tournament instead to determine who would be king. Warther was squire to Sir Kay and accompanied him to England. But Kay forgot his sword and was like, Go get my sword, what? Warther sees the sword in the stone and pulls it out and is like, Cool, free sword. We all know the story, but I figure I should recap. Anyways. You know what's a better movie? The than... Sword in the Stone? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the entire time we're watching this, I'm like, The Sword in the Stone is way better than this flaming pile. I mean, granted, it's all Arthur's early days, and we don't see yeah. any of the tragedy that is to be his adult life. Man, though, like, I'm sitting here going, that whole scene? Ooh. Ooh, Disney. Disney, have some fucking testicles and do a sequel to Sword in <laughs> the Stone. And show Arthur and I mean, well, then again, they would they would Disneyfy. Yeah, everything. I was gonna
2: say Disney sequels or not. No, they would have Guinevere die a virgin or something. There like are that. three good Disney sequels. Yeah. Um. Anyway, sorry, but uh, I was saying this whole scene was a definite show don't tell. Yes. Yes. That was that was like the the prime example of why that's important because this scene was so boring and i had to laugh because at one point he closes his eyes and he's pretending to pull the sword out and i'm like this could have been the point for guinevere to turn around and walk (laughs) away because that's what i would have done i would have been like you know what yeah we could have not worth it (laughs) we could have just gotten some flashback snippets of arthur as a kid but especially because they had
0: a kid arthur on hand yeah yeah, they, they had a kid, Arthur. And you only see him for the one moment for Merlin to be like, No, you went too far back. Two moments. You're... Okay. Okay, but twice. But, but the exact same moment where yeah. he's talking to, to Merlin, and Merlin sees him as both yeah, adult and, and child.
2: And it's just like... Uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, anyways. Anyways, Guinevere is like, Okay, I'll be your queen. And we see the two walking through candlelight and get married. Cut to, some time later, Guinevere, who will be called Jenny from now on, <laughs> is lounging in bed, naked, but covered. And Warther is showing all the different regions of England and being like, who rules all of this? Me! But why? What's the point? Then Arthur gets all philosophical and is like, Merlin turned me into a squirrel as a child. Child. <laughs> and I learned how to, <laughs> see, Merlin turned me into a squirrel as a child, and that's how I learned to think like this. Jenny, Jenny is no wonder
2: like, he's nuts. Yeah.
0: Oh, woo! Gotta love you. Jenny is then like, uh, sorry. Jenny is like, um, okay. And Worther starts to talk about philosophical things such as does might actually make right? Just because someone who can win doesn't mean they're fit to rule, and other such philosophical quandaries. Worther calls in a bath and makes Jenny bathe him while he continues pondering out his thoughts. And we see Jenny think to herself, how did I get roped into this? Yeah. (laughs) We then cut to the next scene where Jenny is buying things from merchants who came to the castle. And Warther is stuck with an epiphany. What if we had might for right protecting the not mighty? Warther then has a bunch of proclamations written and distributed throughout the land, far and wide, calling for valiant and honorable men to serve King Warther. The first knight to answer this call is the totally legit Frenchman, Lancelot, (laughs) who, while French, has a thick Italian accent. Mm -hmm. Lancelot begins his journey to Camelot and sings the entire way. Mm -hmm. Across land, across sea, on foot and on horse, he sings about all the things that make him a worthy knight.
2: Yep, and it was during this sequence that the first instance of animal cruelty happened. So if you're <laughs> yeah. watching this, it's this sequence. They, it's it's right before Lancelot that they, the they,
0: animal cruelty happens. They trample a, some geese. Yeah, these these knights are just riding on horses. There's some geese in the way, and they don't slow. The geese don't move quickly enough, and you just see the horses just <laughs> and they it just trample. Pissed over. me off so much. <laughs> yeah, and that was when uh, my sister was was like. <laughs> I don't think they had... No animals were harmed in the
2: making of this. Yeah, and like, like, yes, mm -hmm." the goose gets up, but I'm sitting here because I've had birds.
0: I'm like... Well, the way that's not... The way, too, is because it's a crowd of geese, and they're at the forefront, and as Mm -hmm. the knights are coming up behind them, they trample the geese, and they push them forward out of the frame. Yeah. So we don't even see necessarily what happened further because mm-hmm. the east were not moving fast enough yeah so even if they only got like kicked they still got kicked by a horse <laughs> yeah and it's just ah uh, no Lancelot arrives in Camelot and is approaching a path when he is crossed by a mysterious knight who kind of gives him flirty eyes did you notice that yeah I yeah. did he kind of gives him a, a huh, raises the eyebrows at him That would have fixed all the problems in this movie. (laughs) Lancelot takes great offense to this, and the two cross long, long hard lances. (laughs) Lancelot lances a lot and snaps the mysterious knight's lance in two and hurls him to the ground. The mystery knight is revealed to be King Warther, and Lancelot is like, Oh no! I'm so sorry! Ah! And Arthur is like, Nah, it's good. You're my new dude. Lancelot splooges in his armor and is like, <laughs> I am your sword, I am your shield, I am your everything. You can have my lance whenever you want. Lancelot is like, give me a quest so that I can prove my worth. And Worther is like, go pick some flowers. Lancelot Lancelot does not like that, but Worther explains that they are civilized, and a civilization needs some gentle hobbies. Which, mm-hmm. sure. I mean, if I was his shoes, I'd be like, can I, like, paint or play with clay or something? Okay. Anyways, I digress. We digress. We are the digressors. Next, the scene jumps to... Oh, and by the way... <laughs> stop! Stop right here! Okay. The, this musical... <laughs> this musical jumps like a goddamn kangaroo on speed. Like, it... It jumps so much, and it just does these hard cuts, and it'll just be... Bam! bam bam like there's no there's no graceful transitions there's no really no just just yeah i'm not a filmmaker but i've picked up a few things watching you and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and i was in some of your your college stuff and i've seen you work Mm -hmm. so i've picked up a a bit of the the understanding yeah and especially you know when we watch movies and you'll point stuff out and and mention Mm -hmm. things and it's like the cinematography on this was horse shit (laughs) it's horrible
2: it is horse shit I have known small children who could probably film something better. Yeah, absolutely. Who have a better concept of framing a scene and of, oh, this is how my shot needs to be set up.
0: I know. I know kids who could do that better. You know, this is one of those things that should be shown in film class of things not to do. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine all these film students being like, "What the fuck? Why did they do this in the first place?" Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. You'll help kill a genre for a while. <laughs> oh, I unintentionally scrolled through my notes because of I was I was ranting. No Next. worries. The scene does another uh, cocaine crackhead kangaroo jump. <laughs> to Jenny and her horny, horny friends, singing about how it's May. And this scene was so awkward. This scene was incredibly, it was so horny. Everyone fucks in May. Like, we see all of Jenny's horny entourage, macking on one another, and the gang starts down the path to, I don't know, go do something. When they stumble across an old knight who's stuck in a bush, giggity, they inc- <laughs> this night's trapped. I was walking through the woods and I saw this old knight trying to get his horse out of a bush, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyways, so the horny entourage stumbles across an old knight who's, got, who's stuck in a bush. They inquire who he is and he's like, I'm king of, I forgot, and I was going somewhere. Jenny goes up to him and is like, hello. The man asks if she knows a lad named Wart. Jenny tells him, "Wort is my husband, and he's king. The man, Pelinor is ha- very happy, and Jenny invites him to the castle. Jenny has one of her horny followers take Pelly to the castle, and the rest go frolicking in the field to... eat lunch. So, that whole scene is another
2: issue that we have with the whole uh, here-I-am relationship counseling for <laughs> Arthur, Lance, and Jenny. So... Arthur is not spending enough time, obviously, fulfilling his wife's sexual needs. No, he's not. He needs to, like, have an honest conversation with her about that. Because she has needs, he's not fulfilling them. And they need to converse about this. And maybe they, maybe that would have kept her from wanting to go towards Lancelot. Maybe... You know, they need to talk about, hey, is there an issue going on? Maybe there's something medical going on that Arthur needs
0: to deal with, like... You know what the thing is, if I had to guess, Arthur is a chivalrous gentleman. He has never been anything other than that towards any woman in mm -hmm. this entire show. And his wife, I don't think, is actually attracted to Arthur. Mm -hmm. And she's so incredibly horny, but she doesn't like... Take her husband yeah. into the bedchamber and ride his longsword. You know, yeah. She, she 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 just doesn't. She just frolics with her entourage and gets horny in a field.
2: Especially because, like, we we find out that Arthur fucks. We find out he fucks. He just doesn't fuck Jenny.
0: I I think that well, I mean, they must have because they, they must. They, have, they do. They do talk about later yeah, how the they, fact they haven't conceived a child. Yeah, and they they obviously consummated their marriage, but like.
2: We know that Arthur fucks. That Arthur can fuck. Likes to fuck. Stay you home. Fuck, I fuck? Stay home and fuck Jenny we for a fuck. while. Just, 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 uh, just fuck her until she's happy. And then <laughs> you can go and do your kingship. I can frolic in Cupid's field. Anyway. That's, anyway. That's just, that scene, it was so awkward because it was like, ah, uh, it was, I, I get, I get weirded out with scenes that are like that where they're Uh just so outrageously
0: horny. Mm -hmm. It It was an awkward thing. I kept expecting the entourage to do stuff to Jenny because here she is surrounded by all these horny people who are going at it with one another and she just has these horny looks on her face and she's just like touching her face and got these big smiles like, oh. And and the camera
2: right up here. Right
0: up on her face. (sighs) And she talks about that she's having, you know, uh, I can't remember the, the, the... phrasing she uses, but she basically says that she's having thoughts. Yeah. You know, implying that she's having horny thoughts.
2: Yeah, and it's like, okay, then you and Arthur need to have a talk, an honest talk. Arthur, I need to ride your sword. (laughs) Really, I I didn't realize. Arthur, I need to ride it every night. Oh, oh,
0: okay, okay, yeah, sure. Like, you know, I mean, sure, there probably is a a lack of Jenny um, making her desires... Uh uh mm-hmm. not obvious, but known like she to her doesn't husband. make them known to him, but she makes them known to every other
2: fucking person. Like That
0: is very good <laughs> point. Which kinda leads me to the thought that she's not actually attracted to him. It was she an arranged not be. It was an arranged like, marriage, and she was like, Well, yeah. at least he's nice to me. God I, I it just uh it's so weird. Anyways, Jenny and her entourage sneak off to a field too. Eat lunch, Ugh. eat something. That's for sure. <laughs> and they stumble across Warther oh, I and Haven't washed in months. <laughs> and they stumble across Warther and Lancelot picking flowers. Aww, yeah. Warther introduces Lancelot to the queen, and she immediately does not like him. Lancelot talks about how pure he is and how he and Warther are creating a night training class. And Lancelot is like, not just anyone can be a knight. They must have certain physical standard and moral standard. Jenny doesn't like how cocky Lancelot is, even though he constantly humble brags. Oh, no, I would never hold others to my standard. My standard is for me alone. No one else can handle my standard. <laughs> Later on, Jenny wants to handle his standard a lot. <laughs> Jenny does. Uh, da, 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 da. Jenny keeps poking at Lancelot, asking if he's ever been defeated or if he thinks he ever will be. Lancelot says no and no. Jenny gets even colder. Warther sees that it's time to exit stage left pursued by a Lancelot and the two new besties <laughs> leave. As Warther <sighs> leaves with his new dude bro, Jenny asks one of her entourage when the next tournament is. And who their best jousters are? Jenny then hatches a plan to knock Lancelot off his high horse. Jenny then goes on to her three. Go, Jenny then goes to her three best knights and is like, "I can't have you escort me to the ball slash fair slash court because there's a new super strong knight in town." All of her knights are like, let me at him, I'll defeat him, I'll prove my worth to you. And Jenny's devilish plan to defeat Lancelot is set in motion. You know, they really whore up Jenny
2: in this. You, you,
0: right? They like, really do. And really? I really? I think part of that might be, because it goes into the, the broader scope of what we were talking about in this show, that they really portray women poorly. They and, really do. You know, just empty-headed, you know, they, they even say that women don't think, you yeah. know, and, and just, oh, you're just so a silly, you're just, they really pour, pour uh, they really amp up the sexism, and then when Jenny is going to these three nights, she is incredibly like, you don't get to fuck me anymore, because yeah. I'm going to start fucking this guy, and they're yeah. all like, but I like fucking you!
2: Yeah, which then I'm sort of like, okay, 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 so, the the conflict later... <laughs> is just y'all are mad that she's got this new guy that she's fucking minutes. And I don't
0: don't think that she actually was fucking them. No. I think that they were just like, Oh, you're my queen and it's my honor to serve you, but at the same time, the way that she is acting with her body language and everything. And their body
2: language with her, too, is a little bit
0: too familiar for it to be just Yeah, really it's not it's not the language of a favored servant or companion Mm-mm. it is way, A way com- too familiar companion. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. and it, it's one of those things where the way that they wrote her is oh she's it, it's that whole oh this person is too stupid but also smart enough to be deceit be manipulated and, yeah, yeah and manipulative and it's like
0: nah son don't don't do that shit the only thing that i do like about this song is the word play with the different knights yeah the word play's fun because one night is like oh let me tumble with him like wrestling kind of thing mm-hmm. you know and oh you'll 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 smack him to the ground i'll break his skull you know like, and that doesn't mm-hmm. rhyme they do it with rhyming yeah. but it goes between you know, their, their uh, comparing like oh I'll beat him in wrestling and another guy's like oh I'll beat him with a spear oh the other guy oh I'll beat him with jousting yeah you know so they're it's they're all saying the same thing but in three different ways yeah with rhyming in it because and, musical
2: and like they could have directed this differently too to make it not so because I, I tell you they they really like do the whole stereotypical oh she's a hoe thing they with, really do. With, Gu- with Guinevere, and it's kind of like, you could have directed this scene, had the same lyrics, had everything the same, and just had it be more, oh, well, you know, you were going
0: to take me, but... I think it kind of, it's, it, oh, God damn it! I hate to say this, it, in the sense of, it's not an excuse... But as mm-hmm. a product of its time, yeah. it is very much in the the vein of women corrupt men kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like, a good man will be corrupted by women. Women, women are always the problem. That kind of the thing yeah. with it. Anyways. Mm. So, uh, the plan to beat Lancelot is set into motion. The night before the tourney, Warther is talking to Pellinore in his chamber and is like, dude... Stop looking for your forgotten kingdom and settle down here. Pelly is like, thank you, but no. You have many, many thoughts, and I don't like thoughts. Thoughts make me think, and when I think, I have to think new things, and I have trouble enough with what I've forgotten. Pelly then tells Warther that he does not like Lancelot very much. He's too pure and has no hobbies. A man needs hobbies, and by hobbies, I mean beer and breasts. <laughs> As you go to take a drink. Pelly then asks Lancelot, Do you like beer and breasts? No, I do not, replies Lancelot. Lancelot sheepishly excuses himself from the chamber and runs into Jenny, who is like, When you're praying tonight, make sure to ask God for good weather tomorrow. Yeah. Lancelot leaves and Pelly and Jenny giggle and snicker. Warther asks the two of them to chill the fuck out and be nice to Lancelot. He's a stranger, struggling to fit in. Warther and Jenny get uh, get into it over tomorrow's tournament and it's revealed that jenny has picked has pitted three knights against lancelot mm-hmm. werther asks jenny to please call off her knights and jenny is like i won't not unless you command me and if you do command me i your humble servant will obey and stumps out stomps mm-hmm. out she gets very it's very uh she's I, yeah, it's written so bad. It's written so bad and you're very much written to not like Jenny. Like yeah. she, it's it's very much like the only woman of prominence in the show is a conniving, deceitful, cock-hungry, mm-hmm. you know, unfaithful per- like she's all these negative qualities. There yeah. isn't really a nice quality about her.
2: No, and there's not really like anything to lay the agency on anyone else for what goes on with Jenny and Lance even really like with Lance he's praying about it and he's <clears throat> bub bub bub,
0: and it's just like the only person It takes he, two to tango. It does. It does. And uh Arthur could have fucking done, Arthur could have done something Arthur, some Arthur could have done anything fucking anything. He Mm -hmm. is the most flaccid king ever. Mm -hmm. He just doesn't do anything this whole show, other than... Well, okay. He does stuff, but he doesn't do anything proactive. Okay. Anyway. Warther... We don't like this show. Can you tell listeners? So fucking stupid. Warther shuts the door and yells at Merlin, who is not there, mind you, cursing him for turning him into a squirrel, a bird, and a fish, so he could learn. Well, Merlin, you should have turned him into a woman so that he could understand how they think. This whole song is very sexist because they say that women think very rarely, so it's not important to understand how they think.
1: Ah!
0: You okay, hon? Huh? We're good. I wonder what the upstairs neighbors think. <laughs> they know a... what we watch. <laughs> They're like, was there a growl downstairs?
2: <laughs> they know what we watched. Did they get a lion? <laughs> Because look at that
0: mane. (laughs) Oh, yes, my beautiful mane. Anyways, the next day is tourney day, and Lancelot gives uh, Jenny's knights the business end of his lance and explodes the shaft all over the chest and (laughs) face of their armor. Jesus. He does. Lancelot even goes as far as to shaft one knight to death. Jenny and Worther go to the lifeless knight's side and are sad. Lancelot is super honorable. Chival, Lancelot in his super honorable chivalrous self, goes over to the fallen knight and uses his purity powers to bring the man back from the dead,
2: or he gets a man with a sucking chest wound into a position where he can, you know, breathe. That's,
0: yeah. I mean, if you if you want to bring science into this, I'm not a
2: doctor, but that's my. it was god
0: okay okay it it was was god 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 did it because lancelot said so he told people earlier that because of his purity he has powers and you know why would a man lie about having special powers because of how much he prays what would be to gain people don't lie about things like that divinity just happens to those who deserve it i love the look you're giving me It's really cute, but I can also tell you want to give me a little bit of a slap. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) Lancelot stands, and Jenny locks eyes with him. She falls to her knees in front of Lancelot, clinging to his hand. Lancelot falls to his knees, as well, signifying that he is not above the queen. I think, anyways, that's kind of the way I interpreted it because, you know, she comes over to him, you know, tears in her eyes because this knight who's one of her favorite has died mm. and then come back to life by yeah. Lancelot. And she's just filled with tears, looking at him in the eyes, and then grabs his hand and, like, falls to his knees and puts her other hand to her chest and, like, mm. bows her head. And Lancelot then has this look of, like, no, this isn't proper. And then he gets down on his knees. Holding her hand, looking at her, signifying, you know, like, I am not above you, my queen, don't bow to me. I am your servant is kind of the way I interpreted
2: that. I would love it if that is what the director intended and not just that the director was off fucking off somewhere going like, (laughs) okay, whatever, yeah, do this.
0: I was gonna say if they had smartphones back then, he'd been playing Candy Crush and just being like looking up every now and then. Now uh, looks fine. Pew, 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 I mean pew.
2: I would need to do that too to distract from Richard Harris the whole time because he was so difficult to work with. So Interesting. Mhm. I mean the stories that I told at yeah, the beginning like just like walking
0: out with an erection and mm-hmm. stuff like okay. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Go away whoever's calling me. Anyways, it's at this moment that we see Jenny's loins starting to quiver for Lance's long sword. <laughs> Lancelot takes this as his cue to exit, and as he walks down the tourney grounds, everyone starts to kneel to him as he passes. For what is a king to someone who is divine? Uh. We cut to Lancelot in a window, all sad. So much fucking cutting. Yeah, lots of cutting. Poor cutting. Poor transitions Uh. all around. Anyways, uh, Lancelot is in the window while his manservant cleans his armor. Lancelot is like, "Uh uh-oh. I'm shaking with fear, and the strength has left my arms, and I'm having naughty thoughts. I've lost my divine powers. God doesn't like it when my trouser sword is excited. (laughs) Because anytime they say purity, it means you don't fuck. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm pure. Mm -hmm. I keep it in my pants Mm -hmm. all the time. The scene changes to the royal chambers where Lancelot has entered to find Jenny. The two are waiting for Warther, and Lancelot tells Jenny that he loves her. God help him, but he loves her. Jenny then tells him, then God help us both. And the two have terrified horny eyes. <laughs> Warther walks in super excited that his super honorable warrior bro, Lancelot, won the tourney and will prop- and will now be properly knighted. Because no one deserves the honor more than his superman of moral... Than this superman of moral... morality, This superman of a moral human. I don't know why I wrote it that way, but let's go with it. <laughs> Who is so honorable that he surely will not fuck his wife. <laughs> let's have a drink, just the three of us, says Arthur. And at this moment, we see the look on Werther's face and the realization that... Lancelot wants to joust in the queen with her sheets. Wait, wants to joust... (laughs) Wants to joust in the sheets with his queen. I set Kay on Seagull laughing. (laughs) Anyways, we're at the knighting ceremony and Jenny is dressed like a pangolin. Kay's joke, not mine. (laughs) for keeping that (laughs) case joke not mine but it was good so i'm putting it in my notes she
2: did she looked like a fucking she did
0: and i told I i don't know if any of our listeners out there uh were of the age group to watch the live action he-man movie that came out in like the late 80s uh masters of the universe but she looks a lot like the sorceress in that and just the way she has like this headdress that very much looks like the beak of a bird and then she's covered in this full-body robe that has what looks like a scale pattern going mm-hmm. down. And it's all golden and shit. And you were just so funny. She's dressed like a pangolin.
2: <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of.
0: <laughs> it's true. She looks like a pangolin. <laughs> and Warther knights Lancelot with Excalibur. for the And for the first time, we see the legendary sword. By the way... It is less than impressive. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Lance's conscience is obvious, and he leaves as soon as he's knighted, the guilt all over his face. Warther exits as well, holding Excalibur like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> he is doesn't sheathe the goddamn thing. He's just holding it like a baby it's in his arms. It's a baby. Arm. It's a baby.
2: You've got terminal it's, baby it's disease. It's a baby sword.
0: He then enters a chamber and the and as a moment and has a moment of lonely rage where he's like son of a bitch it's all over their faces those two are gonna fuck if they're not already fucking i should kill them i should take my revenge for this betrayal warther then calms down and is like i choose to be different I choose to show mercy. I choose to have patience. I am King Warther. I am a new kind of king. We then see all the knights gather around the round table, and it's kind of where scene one or act one would end. Yeah, and uh, that scene I was going to say is is a really good acting part. Yes, on uh, Richard Harris, uh, just. Where he's having cause he's keeping his shit together during the knighting ceremony, mm-hmm. but he just sees the guilt all over Lancelot's face. And then as he's leaving, he just has this moment of rage. And he's like, I should kill them. It would be just. Mm-hmm. It would be I have the right to it. They've betrayed me. Mm-hmm. I could kill them. And he's holding Lance he's like the sword, like he's ready to swing, and then he just has this, you know, no. Like he's and the, Yeah. I do applaud Arthur for trying to be a more benevolent, merciful king. However, he is no. incredibly limp dick, and he allows a whole lot of terrible shit to transpire when he could have taken action and stopped it. Yes, and it's absolutely. Like, it's like, dude, it's cool you want to, like, have laws and have, like, a court system so that mm. people can't just make random accusations. This, this, we get into this later, listeners. Yes. But I'm going to rant about it yes. now. Yes. <laughs> but he allows so much terrible shit to happen just because he's like, yeah, I know that's going on. Yeah. What? I'm not doing any, yeah, I know that's going on. Yeah, I know. Just like, are you a Buddhist? Are you just removing yourself from the situation and just letting life play out? Because that's a shitty position to have when you're a ruler. Mm Mm-hmm. But what were you going to say, my darling? The way that he's letting
2: shit go on that he knows about reminds me of a certain someone. But that's all I'm going to (laughs) say. But, no, like, especially because by this point, Jenny and Lance haven't done shit.
0: No, no, they have he not. He could
2: have said, hey, so I know that this is going on, it can't, don't, don't have this happen, Jenny, what do you need me to do?
0: Yeah, he, that's the thing, is he, he wants to be this, you know, more sensitive, patient, kinder, merciful king, mm-hmm. but he doesn't want to, like, talk. Yeah. He doesn't want to, like, do much of mm-hmm. anything, other. you know and so it's incredibly frustrating that you see him making these great strives in in uh societal means and yeah. legal means but then he does fucking nothing everywhere else they could have gone with a better
2: learner and low movie paint your wagon they solve that issue a little bit <laughs> Kay, are you trying to tell me something no do we need to bring another
0: another person into this relationship God, no.
2: okay i'm just saying like Because I know that there are poly people that exist. I I have a lot of friends who are poly. Who, while I am very fiercely monogamous, I'm like, yeah, you do you as long as y'all are consenting. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Mm -hmm. Just don't bring me into it because I'm not gonna. (laughs) One's enough for me. (laughs) But like, yay! With, with, With Guinevere, if she loved both, then this should have been a conversation kind of like in Paint Your Wagon, which does this better. <laughs> it just it does this sort of stuff better. Even though it's kind of the less regarded of the learner and low music movie musicals, because oh well, it's not as it's not my fair lady, or well the singing isn't perfect. It's like, yeah, but this one had Paint Your Wagon had charm. Mm-hmm. Paint Your Wagon was fun this is just dumb this is dumb this is uh, dumb it's dumb and I hate <laughs> it and but yeah no you have nothing to worry about I'm just I'm speaking for the people who I know who are polyamorous that it's like I don't I don't think that what you guys are doing is wrong because I
0: know that for you it works for me fuck no <laughs> <laughs> so to give the listeners some uh behind the scenes uh know what uh latte i think that she she thinks that we're actually upset when we're talking about this yes. latte had come into our recording area and was just kind of like pressing up against us just like is everything okay yeah and, and loving on her and then she turns around just and I'm stop just scratching on her and then she's kind of like okay i'm gonna go back to my bed it's like she doesn't just stop. Just stop. stop. The stupid box causes so many problems and you could just make it stop. I've seen you turn it off. Just keep it off. <laughs> Anyways. So uh, after Arthur has his silent, well, not silent, but uh, lonely rage moment, you know, we then see the scene transition again to being around the round table and he has all these knights and they're just coming together around the mm. round table. Scene change. It's some time later, and we see Warther in the courtyard, and throngs of peasants are trying to shower him with praise for being such a great king. One peasant even went so far as to bring all the keys from his village, since they have no need for gates or bars or locks, because they live in King Warther's England, and it's safe." I'm sure
2: that the few bears and wolves that still exist during this time totally honor
0: King Arthur's rules. You know, I mean, the imagery of that speaks, but mostly the short-sightedness of that moron. Yes. I don't care how safe a place is, I'm gonna lock my fucking door. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyways. When I've been places
2: where people don't lock the door, I'm like, uh, uh... (laughs)
0: How? <laughs> I don't care. I mean, even even... I could fucking live in Pleasantville and I would still lock my goddamn door. You know mm-hmm. why? Because it's I want my privacy. Mm-hmm. I want the, I don't want someone to be I able want to, to know, just know the, Walk up to the door and be uh, like, hey, I want to what know this shit doing? is secure.
2: Granted, the ba- the best way to do that is to just be naked all the time because it takes one person walking in on you with your door unlocked while you're naked. Yeah, I'm not comfortable for it to
0: stop. I'm not a comfortable enough with my naked body to be flashing it in front of everyone. It's like Putting a dildo in places that you don't want people to access.
2: It's exactly that
0: rule. There's Kay with the strategic drawer dildos, you know. Mm -hmm. Don't want someone rummaging through, you know, where you keep your stash, put a dildo in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see? People be like, (laughs) nope. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong drawer. That's not my cocaine drawer. That's where I keep my 10 inch black dildo. (laughs) Ow. This stupid cough. Okay, I'ma lock my fucking door. Anyways, <laughs> after this peasant scene, we see Lancelot battling another knight, and I think to myself, "Oh, cool! This is that knight training program they were talking about in the previous." Se- nope, this guy accused Lancelot of being the queen's lover for years. And Lancelot is like, lies, lies, lies! How dare you besmirch my noble honor! I would never fuck my boss's wife! Now take back your accusation or die! The guy takes back his claim, and Werther banishes the lying liar who lies. How dare he lie and say that Lancelot is plowing his wife? So in this scene, you know, we see Lancelot so stupid. battling this knight and he beats him. The knight's on his back and he points the sword at his throat and he says, you know, yield kind of thing. And the guy's like, you've been the queen's lover for years. And he's like, yield, how dare you say that? And then he's like, get up. And he like plants the sword in the ground. He goes, you use that. I'll use only my dagger. And then he beats the guy again and puts the dagger to his throat again. And he's like... You know, retract your claim, you know, if the king gives you clemency, you'll be banished. If if he doesn't, the noose. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. I really hate Lancelot in these scenes. Yeah. Because he knows that these accusations are true. Yeah. The man has no honor anymore. No, it it, it it's it's like you he, he he's and one thing I will say that is kind of interesting is the transition between act one and act two, I don't know if it's intentional, mm-hmm. but Lancelot, I don't know if it's makeup. But in the first act, he kind of has a glow about him, which Mm -hmm. I think is supposed to be the holiness of him, the purity, so to speak. And then in the later acts, he's a little bit paler and he looks a little bit more, like, run down. Yeah. I think it's the weight of his lies eating at him. Mm Hmm. Meanwhile after lancelot (laughs) beats that guy he sneaks off to plow jenny some more jenny is like we can't keep doing this seven knights have been banished coming forth with accusations we can't keep doing this lance yes (laughs) jenny's pussy now pussy heaven now We can't keep doing this, Lance. (laughs) There's a bim-bam joke for people who know what that is. (laughs) So, Jenny states that seven knights have been banished who have come forth with accusations about Lancelot and her. And Lancelot is like, what? What should I have done? Huh, Jenny? Murder them? Huh? Murder them in cold blood? I have to defend my honorable honor, which is super honorable. The two talk about what must be done and decide that Lancelot must leave. Jenny agrees, but they can't be Jenny agrees that they can't be in each other's future, but she will always have her memories of the past. And then we get a very long horny compilation of Jenny and Lance bumping into one another in the corridor, in the lake, in a field in a house, with a mouse in a box, with a fox Lance will fuck Jenny here, Lance will fuck Jenny over there, Lance will fuck Jenny anywhere
2: And this is one of the songs that was, like, a, uh... Oh, like, it's supposed to be
0: a romance song? Yeah,
2: and I'm kind of like, this song is... If you know the context in the show, it's like... You, like, when when uh, Carol Baskin's husband was singing that to her in Tiger King, I was just like...
0: Oh... It's kind of like when you went to a wedding and they had "Hit Me with Your Best Shot." They had me sing "Hit Me with Your Best Shot," and it's like this isn't a wedding song. You sure
1: about that? (laughs) You sure?
0: Anyways, after the banging flashback ends, we see Pelinor coming into the throne room to be like, "Warther, a bitter truth needs a true friend to give you the medicine." Lancelot and Guinevere have betrayed you. Warther is like, "You bastard!" Take that back or I'll kill you. Pelinor sputters and is like, "But but but I uh uh, uh but but uh, uh uh and Arthur calls the guards. Pelly is like, "Wait, wait, wait, wait. I uh, I uh I must have been mistaken." Warther <laughs> is like, "Psych, under this new law and order thing I'm trying, you would have had to bring forth evidence to make an accusation and you could not have been punished for doing so. However, hearsay is not evidence." Even though Arthur knows it's that Lancelot's so fucking his wife. Stupid. Every <laughs> single time someone tries to tell him that Lancelot is plowing his wife, Arthur is just like, do you have evidence? like basically he's just like, yeah, I know, but I haven't found any stains anywhere. Nobody's caught the two of them like yeah. so I don't have any evidence. I know that it's going on, but I don't have any evidence. What what am I to do? I'm only the king. It's like Arthur did this to himself. Very much so. <laughs> Very clever, your majesty, says a little weaselly shit who enters the chamber. Mordred is his name, and he's the bastard son of Worther with Queen Morgan, who apparently banged Worther years ago off camera. Worther is like, yeah, I did fuck your mother. I guess you are my son. You should stay here and become a knight. Mordred is like, I'm kind of a weaselly fuck. I can't be a big brutish brawler. Warthor is like true, but stay anyways. They and cast the most weaselly fucking. Person. They did. They cast the if you were to if you were to picture in your mind someone who is a backstabbing liar, manip like he's he's the little for Game of Thrones fans. And I've and I've not seen the show. I've only read the books, but he's the little finger of this show. He, that's what he is. And he's got like this pencil thin mustache and this really weird mop top and this scraggly beard that's worse than mine. And he just yeah. has these rat eyes. You yeah. Know? Just, he, the, the actor did a really good job, actually. Mm-hmm. I'd say he's probably one of my favorite actors. No, he was really good. Because he he, he, he he's probably the nicest guy in the world, but he played being such a weaselly fuck so well. Mm hmm. Anyways. Yeah, I fucked your mom. Yeah, you can stay. Uh,. <laughs> I guess you're my son. You should become a knight. is uh, like, true, but stay anyways. And don't call me dad until you've earned the right, you weaselly fuck. Warther exits the chamber and Mordred runs up and sits on the throne and is like, this is mine. I want to sit here. And the scene ends. So we get the, the uh, obvious implication that he is has his eyes on being mm-hmm. king. Because he does have a blood claim. Yep and in the
2: musical Morgan's involved in these scenes. So. And which would
0: make more sense because Morgan is actually involved in the the, mm-hmm. the mythos, you know. Mm-hmm. They they cut so much out of this in order to create a subpar version. Yeah. It's just well, it was cuz they already had their evil woman character. No, no shit the right? movie. So. Right, you couldn't have had Guinevere be even remotely likable. They're like, "Hey, let's take all the horrible shit about Morgan and just make Guinevere a despicable person." Mhm. Okay. We then see Warther trying to explain his new legal system to Pellinore, who is like, "How do I get an impartial group of people to know who's innocent? Evidence, Pelly, evidence. But if they find me guilty, I'll kill them. I'll slash them all to pieces." <laughs> Warther is like, "Forget it. You're too dumb," and walks away. <laughs> Pelly is like, "I'll never go to court without a sword." God. Warther just tries to explain to him like, oh, you know, if you say that you knew a farmer, William, and he claimed that you burned down his barn and took you to court, Mm -hmm. he would have to present evidence to say that you did this and Pelinor's just too cuckoo, not there, Mm -hmm. to to really get the concept. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next scene! (laughs) Warther is in his chambers with Jenny. When Lancelot comes in to be like, Mordred has betrayed you, your majesty. He's bad. You should get rid of him. He's trying to turn your knights against you. He's in contact with the knights that you've banished, and they're building an army. He's bad news, Warther. I know, Warther replies. Seriously, like, that's just... That's what he says, I know. You fucking... I know, ah! I know exactly what he's doing, and I've done nothing. Good governing there, warty McWart King. Warthur makes Lancelot swear to not kill Mordred cuz we all know Lancelot's word is uh honorable. <laughs> Lancelot leaves the throne room and or not the throne room but leaves the room and Jenny is like do you want to be left alone with your thoughts, Worther? Worther is like, no. Tell me about your day. Tell me everything and anything. I want you to love me and not Lancelot. The two then sing a song about what it's, what the simple folk do with their lives. And I wanted to slap the both of them. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Anyways, this stupid song ends and we see Jenny and Warther dancing closely. And then Jenny starts to cry and puts her hands over her mouth. And we can only assume that she has confessed to taking Lance a lot. We see... (laughs) My wife is a sucker for dumb puns. And it's good because I'm full of dumb (laughs) puns. We see the dark brooding on Werther's face and the scene changes. So it's like the song that they do, What Do the Simple Folk Do? It's just fucking annoying because it's just like, it's so condescending mm-hmm. kind of thing. What? And then it basically, later in the song, it becomes a, a, it obviously, it becomes a, what do other people do when they're sad? Yeah, You know, like, what do simple folk do when they're sad? Mm-hmm. Like, what do they do to drive? And it's like, oh, well, they have fewer things to worry about. So it's much easier to to not be sad. <laughs> okay. And the scene changes to chaos! The knights of the round table appear to be engaging in drunken brawling and are beating the... and are breaking the table and smacking each other around, and we see Mordred at the heart of it. And when Werther and Lancelot come in, we see Mordred sneaking away into a corner. Warther is very displeased, and the thing... Werther is very displeased at this thing that he took no action to prevent and knew was happening, and stomps off. Worther grabs a quiver of arrows, a bow, and sets out into the forest. Worther goes and goes until he comes to the spot where he met Merlin, and he's like, Merlin, fix my sad. Merlin, (laughs) Merlin is like, The best cure for sad is to learn something. So I'm going to turn you into a fish. (laughs) Warther is like, holy shit, I'm a fish. And Merlin is like, there, do you feel better? I guess. And then Warther turns back into a people. Just in time for Mordred to be in the forest, like, hey, miss me. And Warther is like, what are you doing? Oh, you know, wanting to see where you met Merlin. Maybe assassinate you. I haven't decided yet. (laughs) What? What? Anyways, Warther is like, I can't have you be my son publicly until you're less of a weaselly fuck. Can you do that? <laughs> Mordred is like, hmm. So you want me to be more like Lance, who's not a weaselly fuck? I didn't realize jousting your wife in the sheets was, vict- was uh, virtuous. <laughs> Warther is like, hey, I'll tell you the same thing I've told the last ten people who have told me this. Unless you have evidence, the queen is innocent of all dicks. Receive other than mine. That's basically what he says. Unless you can produce me some cum-stained sheets and prove that it's Lance's cum, I'm not gonna do anything. It's just uh... <laughs> Arthur is such a cuckold in this. Just—he just knows that his wife has just been fucking Lancelot for years, and is just like, "Well, that's how the cookie crumbles, I guess." The cookie crumbles. <laughs> that's how the balls squirt. I don't know. Uh, Warther then tells Mordred to go back And tell the court that the king will do some hunting Will do some night hunting And won't be back until mid-morning Night hunting <laughs> Night hunting And Mordred leaves to deliver the news Mordred goes night hunting too
2: Ha! Ah! Nice God damn you're cute
0: I'm glad you think I'm cute "'Back at the castle, knights are still brawling one another. "'Right outside the king's window!' exclaims Lancelot as he breaks up a fight. "'He's not there,' replies Mordred. "'Well, where is he?' Lancelot says angrily. "'He's hunting in the forest. Won't be back till mid-morning, I'm afraid.' There's plenty of time for you to fish in Jenny's well while he's gone, Lance. (laughs) Mordred might as well be eating a fucking apple in this scene with how (laughs) smug he is. He might as well just be leaning against the wall, just, hey. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, King's not here. (laughs) Jenny's all alone. (laughs) Like, just the entire time in this scene, I'm just like, all that prick needs is an apple and it just be complete.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Anyways, while the king is away, Lancelot's going to stick his dick in the queen. <laughs> the two are making out and being like, we can't do this. We can't do this. We can't. And then Mordred comes in and puts a sword to Lancelot's throat, telling him that he charges him with betrayal and tells him to surrender. Jenny throws herself at Mordred to get let to give Lancelot a chance, and he takes it. Lancelot grabs a sword and battles the other guards. He rescues Jenny, but doesn't take her with him. Instead, he flees. He steals a horse and rides out of the castle. Lancelot almost tramples a staggering meandering Werther who came out of the forest just in time to watch Lancelot flee. Warther returns to the castle to see Jenny being bound and escorted out. We see her standing trial for betrayal of the king and country. She is sentenced to burn
1: at the stake!
0: (laughs) The execution is set, and Jenny is being marched out to die. Mordred is like, this is a great view, but isn't the king supposed to be here to watch the execution? Warther comes in and is like, is Lancelot here yet? He's going to rescue her. I know it. Because he doesn't want to burn Jenny. Mm -hmm. But the law has dictated that that's the punishment. The jury said burn the bitch. Mm -hmm. Lancelot is not here, however, and Warther is taking his sweet time telling the executioner to commence. We hear the clatter and scatter of an army outside. Lancelot has indeed come to the rescue and is hacking his way through his former compatriots. Lancelot rescues Jenny and they escape. Worther's er, guards come in to be like, The traitor Lancelot killed 80 knights rescuing your traitorous wife. We're going to assemble our avenging army for revenge. Revengers, assemble! <laughs> and they rush out. <laughs> we then see Worther and his army on the move when a messenger boy rushes out of the woods to give Worther a note. It's from his cuck brother, Lance. Who says, Hey Warther, are you still mad? Well, anyways, let's meet up before you kill us all. Love, Lancelot, the brave and faithful and honorable. Warther meets with Lancelot and Jenny, and they're like, Let us come back with you and face justice. Please don't kill all of these people, Arthur. Warther is like, It's too late. Mordred is out there raising an army against me. My knights want revenge against you, and I can't stop them. You guys are so screwed. Lancelot decides to flee, I think, and maybe, uh, let's see, I I think maybe he's just going to go in battle. I don't Mm -hmm. know. And I don't really care. Fuck this show. (laughs) And Jenny is going to be a nun because I think the church law is such that she gets sanctuary or something and can't be drug out by the knights to
2: be executed. And like, if you've been quote unquote disgraced, then that's the only way to, it's like what happened with Juliet at the end of Romeo and Juliet since she had had since she had been married to Romeo and then he's banished and stuff, it's like, oh, we'll send you to a convent.
0: That's the thing is she goes to live with these sisters and they've shown that she's had her hair cut and it's short mm-hmm. and stuff. And, and so it's like she's going to, yeah, she's, she's, just, so she's, she's she's got a, she got a uh, get off of the stake free card. Yeah. But her life is ruined. And, uh, so she can't be executed. Anyways. Are you okay? You girl? Okay. She
2: yawned and coughed.
0: Oh.
2: She's like, are you done yelling yet?
0: Almost, (laughs) Scoober. Lancelot leaves, and Jenny gives a very teary, I'm so sorry I fucked around behind your back for years and years, and now my comfortable life is over because now I'm a nun. Goodbye. And she leaves. Yeah, it's it's she she does give a very the actress gives a very uh uh emotional performance at this Mm -hmm. part but the lines suck yeah tears (laughs) in her eyes and everything she has a line about you know i could always look in your lot your eyes and see forgiveness there and Mm -hmm. now i i fear that the next time that i will see that you won't be around kind of thing yeah arthur very much like he is overly chill in these scenes yeah and he's more like like it's okay It's okay. Yeah. You you can go. It's okay. You know, just, I don't know. Anyways, there's so much about this show that doesn't make any sense. Okay. So Jenny leaves. Warther stumbles upon a boy who wants to be a knight, and he's stowed away on a ship. He brought his bow, and he's pretty good with it. He's hoping to fight in the big battle and kill lots of baddies. Warther is like... What do you know of knights? Are you a squire? Was your father a knight? Was your mother rescued by a knight? The boy is like, well, no, but I've heard some stories and knights sound cool. They're like honorable and shit and they save people and I want to do good and justice and stuff. Arthur is like, oh my god, the mythos that I've created about knights has spread. My work is done. Yeah. Werther then asks the boy's name and where he's from, and there, on the spot, he knights the little bastard and gives him. (laughs) (laughs) tells him to hide from the battle, go home, live, and grow old. And those are his knightly orders from the king. The little boy is like, lol, okay, whatever. I stowed away on a ship and I don't actually know where I am. And if I try to tell people I'm a knight and that I met King Arthur, they're probably gonna beat me for lying. So thanks for doing this really informal thing, which I will gain nothing from and will only serve as a story that no one believes. Anyways, I guess I'll go home now and die a peasant's death. <laughs> The boy leaves and we see Warther like, That boy is my legacy. Run, boy! Run! Run, boy! And roll credits. The end. Fuck this stupid
2: show. I feel like the end credits are like a Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself.
0: Seriously! Oh my god, this show was so bad! It was so dumb. This was such... This was such a struggle, because I just remember sitting here just being like, I know it's for our podcast, I love my wife, (laughs) I really don't want to be doing this right
2: now. (coughs) (coughs) Yeah, it It was just so terrible. And it wasn't even fun to mock,
0: necessarily, uh, either, like... just all of this shit that happens in this I am so mad at Arthur yeah so mad at Arthur for this just the fact that as a king I'm sure he has a spy master and he's got networks of spies Mm -hmm. and he understands what's going on in his kingdom what's happening because he obviously knows that Mordred is doing all this shit he knows that he's in contact with the knights that he's exiled unjustly yeah keep in mind Arthur exiled seven knights who were like I am loyal to my king and this ungrateful bastard has been fucking the queen Mm-hmm. And they bring it to his attention, and there he's just like, "Nope, do you have evidence? Yeah, I don't see any cum-stained sheets. Did Lancelot write a letter to my wife that says that they're gonna fuck? I'm just yeah, evidence. We don't have evidence. Forensics don't exist yet. Yeah, and it's just it's so frustrating. And I think part of the
2: frustration too is the fact that we have it basically. Like I know that it's a oh, it jumps five years later, but like there's nothing to imply that." There was any way for Arthur to have been able to truly not know these things? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. there was. They there was there was no don't way... show him going off to battles. Mm-mm. They don't show him
0: going on quests. They don't show any of that shit. Especially, and this will really, and it, I guess the reason I am getting a little more emotionally and mm-hmm. I've said before vested in this is just because I like the King Arthur mythos. Yeah. It's a mythos that I enjoy. I've there's stories that I, you know, read and stuff growing up that were King Arthur stuff that I really liked. Mm-hmm. You know, it has the, the classic, uh, tragic hero kind of thing to it. Yeah. Arthur usually dies or at least goes to sleep in, in mm-hmm. a number of these versions. And the version that I was most familiar with growing up, what happens is like Arthur is going on his, 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 uh, battle campaigns and he's like I need to leave someone to to keep the kingdom safe and so he leaves his most trusted knight Lancelot. Yeah. And so it's like Guinevere and Lancelot grow cl- go close because... Lancelot's there to protect her, she's yeah. lonely, her husband's not there. While that doesn't excuse it, mm-hmm. that is a it makes better... understanding. That's a better foundation for why that would occur, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just so incredibly frustrating. Like, they don't have Morgan in it, you know, they just have Mordred. And at the same time, he's supposed to be a knight in and of his own right, like he's mm-hmm. a formidable foe. But yeah. in this, he's fucking Pinky Finger, and yeah. he's just there to like rub his hands together and be like i'm going to stir up trouble i'm the bad guy i'm the bad guy <laughs> it's it's uh it's <laughs> i don't know if that got picked up it sounded like oh my god it sounded like latte in her grumbling went hoo." <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh. She has oh, you're so cute. She has two
2: paws on me. You are Hi. so
0: cute. Hi. Can you hold that pose? It's Hi. really cute. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's Hi. really cute. Hi. Hi. She's like, "Can you two just stop being angry? Can you stop being angry at the yeah. stupid box?" Yeah. Oh, you're so cute. Yeah, you're so cute. Or what time it is? Oh, it's night. It's not even the normal time that we would go play. Ooh. Oh, don't stretch
2: mama's <laughs> flesh mom uh-huh. is wearing shorts mom is wearing shorts so you can't
0: scratch my neck i think that she just doesn't like when we're loud and stuff yeah like that. she, she does she gets she's... concerned she comes over and she's just like
2: why do you do this to yourselves
0: yeah she's... it's okay we're
2: almost done yeah, we're almost we're done, almost done. Almost done. Good yeah girl.
0: yeah that was funny, though. That so, was funny. But but yeah, just this show. The show is dumb. Mm-hmm. And it bothers me because it could have not been dumb. <laughs> yeah, it could have been really good. <laughs> and but it wasn't. What it really honestly makes me want, though, is a better King Arthur musical. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if the only one we're going to get is Spam a Lot. There is also Excalibur, which
2: is Frank Wildhorn. Um, it's Korean. So, oh, yeah, so I need to find a way oh, Yeah, oh, yeah. Remember
0: you telling me that and I was like, well, cuz we were so
2: sick it. when it was available on Broadway on demand. Oh, and it's not anymore. And it's not anymore. Ooh. And so I need to see if there's another way that I can get a hold of it because I do want us to watch that one. Yeah, Love Frank Wilder. Unfortunately, for. it will be after this run of <laughs> Unfortunately, it'll be after this run of episodes, so... Oh, do you need oh. to go outside? Do you need to go out? Do you need to go potty? Should we hurry and wrap this up? We'll wrap this up.
0: So, But yeah, so the show sucks. It's only worth watching if you're going to mock it. Mm-hmm. What's our next show, Kay? <laughs>
2: uh, well, Latte is being very uh, <laughs> helpful with this one, because if we could talk to the animals...
0: <gasps> oh my god. If we
2: could sing with the animals then we would know what the fuck Latte needs right now.
0: We're doing Dr. Doolittle. We're doing Dr. Doolittle. Which I saw when I was a child. Yeah, yeah it's going to be the second since. horseman. Second horseman is Dr. Doolittle. That might piss off some people. It gener- It is generally considered
2: one of the ones that led to the demise of the big Hollywood musical. So we're going
0: to see why. It's one of those things that's probably better as a film and not as a musical.
2: And they're... There are a lot of reasons for it. Which we will Um, talk about.
0: Which we will talk about next next week.
2: week. On Tone (laughs) Deaf. So thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, I hope that you... We're not too upset with our views on Camelot, if you like Camelot. Remember, the stage play is better than the movie. We're talking about the movie
0: (laughs) in the one. I do realize that uh, there was a lot of uh, Richard humor in this episode, and I know not everybody cares for that. So I do apologize, but it just presented itself. And Mm -hmm. uh, I kind of got to go with it when it's there front and center. Yes. But if you would like to... To get in contact with KRI, you can reach us at our home base, which is ToneDeafMusical.com. We have links to all of our social medias, our Instagrams, our Facebooks, our Twitters, as well as the Cast Junkie Discord server, where we have our own Not Safe for uh, Work channel. You can come in there and, and see pictures of Latte and Share pictures of your fuzzy friend and talk about musicals and and even just talk about whatever. Because we love interacting with people. Absolutely.
2: And if you want to help out the show, um, please leave a review on Podchaser or iTunes or Stitcher. Uh, You can also go above and beyond and join our Patreon. Um, I've got some fun stuff that I'm going to... Start working into our Patreon episodes. There's so. been a few
0: times that Kay and I have actually charted in uh, uh, arts and stuff in, in, in other countries. In other which countries. Is awesome. So, so it's cool, but you know, we'd love it. So it's, it's always nice to see. So if, yes. if uh, you can help us out by giving us a review, we would greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. And I think that, uh, that we need to it. go
2: uh, help Latte. So that'll yeah. do it for this week. I'm Kay. I'm Warren. And this has been Tone, Tone Depth.
0: I'll bet you really loved that podcast you were just listening to, didn't you?
2: It was
1: probably so well produced.
2: Don't you want to stop everything you're doing right now and tell somebody? There's a way that you can do that. It's hashtag podrevday. This is Elizabeth with the Dimension Door podcast. I'm Mina and I host a Barbie
1: film recap podcast called Put a Shrimp on It. Hi, my name is Effie Parks, and I'm from Once Upon a Gene. This is Steph, instigator of Pod Rev Day and the Geopaths Podcast Network.
2: And we are here to gently nudge you into joining us for the monthly podcasters appreciation day called Podcast Review Day.
0: Hashtag Pod Rev Day,
2: which is on the eighth of every month.
0: It's easier to participate in Pod Rev Day than it is to tie your shoes. Step one. Write a loving podcast review. You can do this on Podchaser, CastBox, Apple Podcasts, Hubble, anywhere that lets you write something nice about a podcast.
1: Step two, post the review link and tag the podcasters. Hashtag pod day. on All the socials. Step three, do the hashtag
2: PodRevDay
1: dance, knowing you've made someone's day. And
2: come back throughout the day to read the other reviews, retweet them, and comment as you get more and more excited about what's happening.
1: Reviews are a completely free way to show support for the podcasts that you love. PodRevDay, because podcasters deserve to hear it.